10 to 12 a week, and on a normal day, we would just do it by the side of the road or behind a building. Or maybe just off the road in the woods if they wanted it all. I was used to sex. The kids at school used to fuck me, and so did my own brother. Really inside, right inside me, I'm a good person. I've been with loads of men. I've gone through at least 250,000 guys in my life, and I became good friends with some of them. They really liked me. They always wanted to see me again. But when John started messing with me, I'd just get as violent as they would get on me. I'd love to say that to their families. I know they must think I'm a stupid bitch, but what they must realize is that no matter how much they loved the people that died, no matter how much they loved them, they were bad people because they were going to hurt me. So they have to realize the fact that this person, no matter how much they loved them or how good they felt they were, this person was either going to physically beat me up, rape me, or kill me. I just turned around and did my fair play before I got hurt, see? They started getting radical on me, and I just did what I had to do. I was betrayed all my fucking life, you know. My parents betrayed me, my grandparents betrayed me, men betrayed me, and the fucking cops betrayed me. Friends betrayed me, I've had enough shit in my life. What about the cops? Lying, cheating motherfuckers. I was cleaning the streets for them. A raped woman gets executed. You are all an inhuman bunch of lying men and bitches. Go ahead and put me in the electric chair. You'll all get nuked in the end. I spend my time trying to get into prisons when most are trying to get out. I study court transcripts, scene of crime photos, witness statements and any document relating to an offender that I can get my hands on. I make it my business to talk with the next of kin, the police, attorneys, school teachers and friends. I interview law enforcement officers, correctional officers, psychiatrists, psychologists and all those who work with these offenders. I talk to the victim's parents and finally... I get to interview the serial killers or mass murderers themselves. From the USA to Russia to Singapore, San Quentin to Sablino to Changi, I visit these killers in the human warehouses they call correctional facilities, places where the stench of disinfectant and urine permeates every brick. I touch them and smell the same air they breathe. I sit with them, eat with them. Occasionally I witness their executions. Collectively, in one space, they are no threat. Just extremely dangerous dead men and women walking, talking, respectful, chatty and cool. Alone with them in their cells, houses in prison parlance, they metamorphose into different beasts. Their evil tentacles of thought squirm into your brain. They become controlling, manipulative, sick psycho-beasts. Men such as Kenneth Bianchi and Michael Bruce Ross masturbate every day to the memories of their perverted crimes. I try to communicate and get inside their heads. I try to find out what makes them tick and what makes them do what they do. My methods occasionally seem to bear fruit. Two homicides, Jung Tu and Paula Pereira, were cleared up with Michael Ross on death row, Connecticut. One murder, 
Kimberly Logan was cleared up, amongst other offences, with Arthur John Shawcross serving 250 years to life in New York. But I knew there were no crimes to clear up as I drove my rental car down the Dixie Highway to Sheridan Street West to meet Eileen Carroll Lee Wanos at the Broward Correctional Institute, Pembroke Pines, Florida, in May 1997. I had just spent time with the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, based in the state capital of Tallahassee, and it was one of those days recently encapsulated by award-winning documentary maker Nick Broomfield as having the promise of sunshine and good times. As the miles unwind, oranges appear on roadside trees and smiles become compulsory as the low-slung sun burns throughout the day. Unlike Nick Broomfield, who had spent some time trying to negotiate a visit with Eileen for his acclaimed documentary, The Selling of a Serial Killer, my opportunity to meet her was offered out of the blue, and I was to talk to a woman whom the media had dubbed